Hi everyone, it's Ali. Welcome back to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I'm so excited you're back for more. I am also very excited for you to hear today's episode with Jamie Barron, who I absolutely love and am so grateful I got to have a conversation with her. If you don't know Jamie, she is a best-selling nonfiction author, novelist, course creator, designer, branding expert, and Her work has been read by millions. If you don't follow her on Instagram, then you need to because every time she shares something, I'm just like, oh, hits in the feels. She is the writer of Main Character Energy, which we talk about in this episode. And it's honestly one of my favorite books. Like, uh, we go into it into more detail, so you have to listen, but you'll learn to see why. And then she has also written Radley Content, which is also an, another amazing book. And there is a journal, and that book is coming into a movie. Anyway, we discuss her book, kind of like what goes into creating a book, which I learned a lot. And then we just talk kind of about being a woman in today's society and kind of the pressures we feel and kind of living up to the expectations that we see on social media. It's such a great conversation. When I was editing, I really, really loved everything that we connected on. So I'm super excited for you all to hear. So here you go. I hope you love it. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I am super excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here too. Yay. So I first heard about you during the pandemic. I was listening to the Work in Progress podcast with Sophia Bush and immediately like fell in love with everything that you were doing, your words, started following you on Instagram, heard about your first book and was just kind of like, I didn't actually have a podcast at the time. I'd always wanted to have a podcast, but that whole like imposter syndrome got in the way for a long time, like it does for many of us. And just thought like, you were like one of the people on my list when I first did it. And I was like, well, that will probably take me like years before I get to a point where she would want to like be on my podcast. But here we are. And I'm just like so jazzed. I usually start by saying, um, before I do a little blurb of how are you feeling? So how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good. It's been an interesting year this year. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, but now I'm kind of understanding the lessons and what it was trying to tell me. And so I'm feeling good. I'm feeling actually pretty peaceful in this moment. What about you? Uh, That's nice that you asked. I feel, I mean, pretty good. This year has also been a very interesting year for me. I closed my business about basically a month ago, and that was a part of me for five years. So it's been a very challenging, transitional year. I don't know. It's just been really weird. And it's just, there's also a lot going on in the world right now. So there's just a lot of feelings, I feel like, for many of us right now. I feel you. I yeah. feel you there. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to talk to you about your book because I'm obsessed. Um, so I got this book. I think I pre-ordered it. So it arrived actually on my birthday for my 30th birthday. Because when I saw that you're releasing it in September, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then it was like September 5th. So it did arrive on September 6th, which is when I turned 30. Wow. And yeah, I was like, wow, this like book sounds amazing. It sounds exactly what I want to read. And I love to read. I love both nonfiction and fiction. But I feel like this is a fiction book, but it's also not. <laughs> like, I feel like it was like a therapy episode, almost. And I feel like I saw other people kind of saying the similar things of it was fiction, but it was so relatable for everything going on in the world right now, especially when it comes to what many of us can face on a daily basis, when it comes to like imposter syndrome, social media, just like being a human and navigating what we want to do in life. But it was just like everything that you may think in your head when you're going through some especially changes because like Poppy does in the book, like she goes through so many changes and what many of us face she does as well but then she gets through it but she also doesn't get through it alone 
So I want to know kind of like the whole process of bringing this book to life, because this is not your first book. This is your second, but I do have your first over here somewhere. Um, your first book was nonfiction, no fiction, sorry. No, nonfiction. I always get them mixed up. Yeah. Um, and this is your first fiction book, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, well, first of all, it what's bizarre, actually, is that I wrote the first draft of Main Character Energy before I wrote Radically Content. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that one I wrote September 2020. I started okay. Main Character Energy, and then I wrote Radically Content the summer of 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that Main Character Energy came into being was kind of the way that I'm noticing all my novels now come into being is like, this character shows up and she's like, mm -hmm. help. <laughs> I have yeah. all these issues. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's dig into them in this, you know, narrative. Um, let's, you know, come up with plot points and all sorts of things. And I think that's what happened with that. I mean, with Poppy, she just showed up and, you know, at first uh, she was a lot more in like the first draft, she was definitely a lot, even more negative. Okay. Then she ended up being in the end because, um, you know, for the people who haven't read it, she has a lot of self-doubt. She's very mm -hmm. jealous of her older brother. Mm -hmm. She is not in a good place. Like you have to hang on in this mm -hmm. book. You know, it's kind you of do. a risk. Like it is a risk to um, write a story where someone is just like down on themselves because sometimes mm -hmm. we want it's very interesting the way that things have changed in the in the landscape of books because sometimes I feel like people want like a perfect character and I'm like mm -hmm. we can't have a perfect character because then mm -hmm. she ha there's nothing that can happen you know like exactly. that's that's an, a non plot um, book so you know I really like how how honest she is you know um, in the as her narrative you know and she's very aware that she's in this like bad place with herself. And I wasn't necessarily, it's interesting because I wasn't necessarily in a bad place when I wrote this. I was just okay. like, I saw her as this person that really needed help and she needed mm -hmm. to believe in herself. She needed a new way of showing up. And it was just like an exercise in how can I, you know, cause I would read books and I felt like I wanted more from the character journey. You know, mm -hmm. like I just, yeah. I think people are interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, how can I have her do things? But I also want her to have this inner journey as prominently as well. Because for me, what I've noticed in my life, especially in the life of the people that I talk to, the inner journey is actually far more interesting mm -hmm. than the outer journey because, um, how we perceive of the world, how we react to the world, how we take what our past meant. Like two people can have the exact same past pretty much and, and interpret it totally differently. So I really love that idea. That's something that I want to bring in all my novels, which is like how we interact with the world is how we literally think the world is. It's mm. yes, there are external things that happen, but the way that we react to them, the way that we perceive them, how we filter them through our own experiences and our either self-esteem or lack of self-esteem or worth or lack of worth. I mean, your self-worth can determine how you interpret any single experience in your life. I mean, and I, I'm not saying that like everything happens for a reason or you have to like, I'm not trying to toxic positivity us to mm -hmm. death here, but like, mm -hmm. you know, I think we can make meaning out of a lot of things that we, that happen in our lives. And so that was kind of without knowing, I think that was kind of the journey that I took Poppy on of like she, and I love the stakes of like, she has this villa that she's going mm -hmm. to potentially inherit. And it's maddening. Cause it's like, she's not even excited about it. You're like, no. Poppy, get it together. But like, that's the part that I found the most relatable. Cause I was like, that's what happens. Like you could honestly be staring down the most beautiful life. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see it, if you don't believe you're worthy of it, if you don't believe mm -hmm. you deserve it, it doesn't even feel like you have those things. And I was like, I just feel like this has to be shown. And 
it felt important. And I like that some people don't like it because I'm like, good. That's saying mm-hmm. something different then, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't love it because I am, yeah. pe- I have people pleasing tendencies, but those have to go away yeah. for the sake of the art, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that the fact, and I didn't even really like come into conclusion with that about how her character is so different because this book is like, it has romance in it, but it it just like takes you on a roller coaster. Like when I was reading it and I think I read it over like 24 hours, but when I was reading it, it was just like, I was laughing. I was crying. I was happy. I was sad. I was angry. I was like going through all the scenarios in my head of how I want it to end. And I was like, Oh, I think this is going to happen. And when it did, I was like, Ugh. like I was just like super like into it, but her character was so relatable. Like, when we think of a lot of like fiction books that we read, it's, it's sometimes, well, I'm going to say a lot of them I read. I find it really hard to relate to a character because it's just like, sometimes it feels very unrealistic that this is what is going to actually happen to me. Like when you think about that, a lot of the, like the cheesy romance novels I love because it's just like, it's a good feeling. You have to read those. You have to read those because we need that joy in our life. But usually to find something super relatable for yourself, you have to go to like the nonfiction kind of towards like the self-help books. And then you generally find something that's super relatable that you can take away. But like, I don't highlight a fiction book, but this one I did. (laughs) But like, it's just, I think it's that. I think it's her character about how she's, some people may not like it because maybe they haven't come into realization that that's actually how they are as well. And maybe they're also hitting that point of like, see themselves in her and don't want to like believe it almost. But like, I just, and even when she was like at the villa and was like running away from it almost, that is also so relatable because we all kind of hit those points where we're in our life we may not be happy, but we're comfortable. And the very action of taking a big leap to whatever it may be, move across the country, start a new job, let go of something that is no longer serving us, even though we're like so afraid of what people are going to think and say, but we know deep down that it's not right for us. Like that is very portrayed through her journey. And a lot of us are also going through that. So I just think that is something that can really draw people in but also recognize they can see themselves a little bit in poppy in any kind of part of the book whether it be herself her relationship to herself or her relationship to her family like that was so realistic and important and then romantic relationships it was just it's just so good (laughs) i just like can't stop saying that because i loved it so much and i want everyone to read it and i like now talking to you and you telling us about kind of like the journey of bringing Poppy to life and her character and kind of going into the starting with the negativity and then without spoiling it like she goes through like a journey within the book we need more of that I mean I agree I think that it was kind of brought out from because you know I like all different kinds of genres especially in fiction but it was kind of brought out of a feeling of like you know, I'd read some romance novels and I'm like, where's the person who's like wondering if they even deserve love? Yes. Because like I, I, when I fell in love and I met my now husband, I was, it was not super blissful. And because I was sitting there going, why, why does he want me? You know? Mm -hmm. And, and granted that's, you know, I had to work through that but I always felt like, how do people just give and receive love so easily in these mm-hmm. books? Like, And yeah. I know it's supposed to be fiction. It's escapism. Yeah. And there are moments where I do want to suspend disbelief, where I don't want to be, you know, having some lesson or anything. Sometimes you just are like, I want to feel joy and, and yeah. experience something. But I also felt like with my with my writing, you know, I wanted to show something that really got into that depth and how someone would truly react in these moments. If you're working from someone who doesn't believe that they deserve to have what they have. And it came from honestly, like, you know, every time I would share something like 
okay, this, this thing that happened, that was really good. It was also kind of bittersweet because mm-hmm. you're up, up against your lack of self-worth or mm-hmm. lack of um, feeling like you deserve it. And I would get just so many messages from people who were like, yeah, I don't know. I, I moved across the country and I thought it was going to be a really big thing, but actually it's been really hard. Or mm-hmm. um, I got married and I, it was, has been really hard for me to like change you know, my identity was so much wrapped up in not being worthy of this and da, 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 da. And I was like, so there's a thing happening mm-hmm. where there's a sense of pretending too, yeah. of when these things happen that are really impressive and shiny on social media, there's also, we're covering up the sort of complexity of it because mm-hmm. I just don't think anything in life is just all 100% good, 100% bad. Like mm-hmm. we try to put everything into extremes. And it's like, I think that's why I really wanted it to take place in the French Riviera with main character energy, because I was like, what is the most heightened place that people would think, well, if I got a villa in the French Riviera, I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't, be you know, I, my life would be perfect. <laughs> Everything would be solved. And DNF, I'm not, this book sucks, you know? And I'm like, all right, fair enough. You know, I mean, I hope you get all you want and like, see mm-hmm. that it doesn't always potentially solve everything. I mean, there are good and bad aspects to everything, you know? And I think that that was something I really wanted to show in mm-hmm. the book. It was something that I write about a lot in my mm-hmm. work of just kind of like illuminating that. Cause I think there's a lot of like jealousy, comparison. There's a lot of anger. Um, when we think that other people have it more figured out or why did that happen for me? And Mm -hmm. if it happened to me, then I'd be happy or, you know, like that, that feeling of like, if this happened for me, I'd be happy is a very, um, pervasive. And I also think like, it's, it's like a sad feeling because it means we're not actually living in our actual life. You know, like we're living in some, you know, or maybe, well, if this hadn't happened to my past or if this was going to happen in my future. And I mean, talk about relatable. I mean, that's how I lived for so long Mm -hmm. that it was important for me to start recognizing that like my life is happening now. Like, I can't waste that my life is happening now, you know? And that's why there was so many times in Poppy's story, especially where I would like put her into the present moment. Like your life is here now. It's not in the past. It's not in the future. Um, And I just think we have this tendency, especially as women, we have a tendency Mm -hmm. to be so hard on ourselves. We have a tendency to be on the sidelines. Um, We have a tendency, and and I'm not saying it's our fault, like it's a socially acceptable thing for women to Mm -hmm. sacrifice their lives for other people, to be on the sidelines, to be really, really hard on themselves, to never feel like they're enough, to never feel like, you know, all these things. It's like we have a list of flaws the second we are aware of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like exactly. we literally become self-conscious. Like the moment we are conscious of our, that we exist. It's mm-hmm. like, I already have things that I need to fix mm-hmm. and change <clears throat> that are not good. You know, I mean, we now have just so many people who, you know, I mean, talking about 30, like you just turned 30. Mm-hmm. That's like such a big moment for women of like mm-hmm. thinking that their life somehow ends or starts mm-hmm. going downhill after 30. Like I'm 38. There's so much life after 30. I mean, there's like, that's like a literal whole life mm-hmm. that's still there for us to live. And there's just a lot that I think women go through in having to unlearn and mm-hmm. having to like, and things are not just cut and dry. It's not just, well, if I had that, I'd be happy. It's like, there's just another thing to get. You know, I mean, that's literally what the culture is based on. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what the marketing is based on, the Mm -hmm. advertising. Like, it's you're never enough, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you're never enough. And I just, I felt like I had to show that in multiple women in my novel. Like, it wasn't just Poppy's, Mm -hmm. Poppy's like the most intense portrayal of it, but it's like the mom 
the residents and the writers retreat, mm-hmm. like so many people, so many women show up and it's like, the only one that I think was really like, I'm enough was Margot. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, I loved her for that. Yeah. She yeah. didn't really, she lived her life as if she mattered. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to show that in main character energy that if you don't believe that you matter and you don't believe that you deserve to have like your own identity, have this beautiful life, like that's how you interpret everything in your life. That's not, mm-hmm. it's not, and it's not really based in anything true. It's just in a, you know, how you're interpreting um your experiences. So I thought that was just really important to show in multiple areas. Yeah, it's those limiting beliefs, but it's definitely the the whole concept of chasing happiness. It's like, I'll be happy when X and I'll be happy. And we're just like, women are so prone to it because we're the ones that are like, we're the ones that want to like have the babies, fall in love, but especially... And actually, I highlighted it because you did note this in your book about turning 30 and the residents were like, yeah, I didn't, I'm turning 30, or I turned 30 and I didn't make Forbes 30 under 30. And at one point in my life, I had written down on papers, like, I will hit this or like a million times. And it's like, no. <laughs> and like, who cares? And that was the thing. Like, I, I want to try and find it. Yeah. Comparison, comparison is the thief of joy. I turned 30 this year and I'll never be on the 30 under 30 list. It bugs the hell out of me and it shouldn't. I'm great. I don't need to be on some stupid list. And it's not even just the list. It's like, you want to be married. You want to have a house. You should be having babies because like your clock is ticking. It's like you should be set out in your career. You should have your life established. And I would say like 25 to 27, 8, 9. (laughs) I felt this hard because I'm in a friend group where I'm the only one who doesn't have all those things. And like I'm 30, I live at home with my parents, I'm single, I am literally starting from scratch. And I think now that I've arrived at this, like I've only been 30 for a month, so I can't really say much. But now that I'm here, it's just like, okay, I'm here. And then now what? Like, what do I do? Sit around and be like, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had this. I wish I had this. And like, even if I was in that position, it doesn't mean I would necessarily be happier. It just means that I would have everything that I thought I was supposed to have. And that's the thing. Like we see what everyone else has. And the same with like when they're talking about the comparison of social media and it's like all these 25 year olds are bringing out books and I'm too old to do it. Like I feel like what everything has already been said. So like is what I'm going to say matter? That was so good because it's like. It doesn't matter like whatever you're going into, but I feel like this is hitting a lot of people who are maybe on social media. Maybe they want to be creators. Maybe they want to start their own business. Maybe they want to write a book, have a podcast, share their words with the world. And it's like, well, does it actually matter because there's millions of other people doing it? And that's that's the story we can tell ourselves, right? Well, yeah, because I mean, to me, that means we have like we're only doing certain things just to prove to other people we're doing them. Mm-hmm. And I find that like most people hit a wall with that. And that either comes when you're like 25, 30 and you realize that, or it comes later. And I mm-hmm. would prefer to have that come earlier than later mm-hmm. so that I can make sure that I'm the one making intentional choices for my life. Because I think if you're living like, Okay, if you sit down and you're like, what do I really want? And it's all the things on that checklist, more power to you. Amazing. But if you've never done any kind of self-inquiry, you don't have any awareness of yourself, you're not the one sort of deciding how you want to live, I just think you're really susceptible to how the culture says you're supposed to live a happy Mm -hmm. life. And personally, in America, I don't think that people are overwhelmingly happy. I don't Mm -hmm. think this is a really happy, peaceful country. Mm -hmm. And so for me, personally, I'm like, I don't really want to live the norm then. Mm -hmm. If the norm is creating this kind of life and people Mm -hmm. and like for me, I'm like, I want to be doing interesting things throughout my entire life, not just... Mm -hmm 
okay, at 30, I got to have it all figured out. And then what, for the next 50, 60 years, I'm just like bored. You know, I don't want to figure it all out. Like, and and I don't want to put a premium on that to Mm -hmm. figure everything out. And like, I want to become different versions of myself. And so I think that this is like, pretty harmful that we have this idea. And I think the, the needle, the needle keeps moving to earlier and earlier. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, well there's an 18 year old that's super famous on TikTok and already making millions. Like, what is the point? It's like, well, the point to do anything, the point to do anything is I know we live in a capitalist society, but essentially the point to do anything is because you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, the reason that I write books is because it calls to me and mm-hmm. I love writing books. Like I love the process. To me, the process of making main character energy was infinitely more enjoyable than the process of like putting it out into the world. Cause that I have no control That's over. Amazing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know yeah. who's what's, yeah. you know, but you know, you can't predict what anything is going to do. And so I just, you know, make the process enjoyable for myself because anytime you're creating anything, anytime you're doing anything, building a business, whatever it is in any way, like you're spending more time in the building than you Mm -hmm. are in receiving results. And also with anything you do, like especially a business or creative work, you just, you have to keep doing it consistently. And if you don't enjoy the work, you know, I think sometimes we're in this place where, we want results so fast that we're forgetting that like doing the work is actually the the gift. And I'm not mm-hmm. coming from oh a, God. yeah, productivity. <laughs> like it's just like, it's more like if it lights you up, like if you love making music, if you love doing this podcast, if you love the work that you're doing for the most part, I mean, some with everything you do, there's going to be annoying parts, you know, there's still taxes to take care of and whatever, (laughs) but you know, you can, for the most part. And I think that has been a guiding light for me. Um, because otherwise it's, uh, buying into this idea that like the only thing that's worthy is like the results that you get and Mm -hmm. that there's one, ideal definition of success and we should all want the same thing and we should all have the same level of ambition and we should all, you know, especially for women, I feel like, you know, there's just so much pressure, you know, if you, Mm -hmm. if you work then, and then you have kids, it's like, you have to be the super mom. And then if you don't work and you stay at home with your kids, it's like, then you're not contributing or all this crap. It's like, I just wish everyone would like shut up for a while and just let people live. Like, just let us live and decide for ourselves instead of creating these like ideal people that we're supposed to look like and sound like and act like. And then we either feel like crap that we're not achieving that, or we work so hard to get there that it, and then we realize it's not even fulfilling. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you how many times I've had a moment where it's supposed to make me happy and I'm not happy. And I'm like, Mm. wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then the things that I don't think should make me happy or I'm not told that they'll make me happy. Those are the things that actually make me the happiest. And I'm like, Mm. have we just like, what's, you know, like, why aren't, why don't we know these things? You know? And Mm -hmm. I, I just get sad that, um, a lot of people who are in their twenties and going into their thirties, especially are like just absorbing these messages. And before they've even had a chance to like be an adult for a minute, Mm -hmm. it's already like, I'm behind, I'm failing. I'm not doing enough. I haven't gotten enough. And it's like, Whoa, you haven't even taken a breath, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, and I get it because that's where I was. I didn't give myself a moment to chill and Mm -hmm. and maybe even, you know, see what I want. It was just like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. 30 is your cutoff. You got to like get it all figured out. And then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, like you get to 30 and then somehow you just cease to exist and you're frozen. Whoever you are at 30, that's who you are forever. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. No, it's not. Like, I literally couldn't believe how much I was like, 
I'm fine. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel any di- different. I'm like, oh my god, okay, well that's interesting because the the fear yeah. around aging it's with so women amazing. is so intense, and I'm like, so major. I don't feel that fear, but I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying. There's no way that I would judge anyone because it's like this, it's the culture creating all of this, but you know, it is a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think I saw something recently where it was like, we generally live like till like 70, 80. So once you hit 30, you still have 40 to 50 years left. And it's like, what? We're just like writing those off. Like we can't just like keep. And I think that's the biggest thing is that. A lot of people who have hit, like, rock bottom will then recognize, okay, like, we'll come up from here and, like, you really start to evolve and change. And, like, hitting rock bottom is shown as this, like, terrible, scary thing. And, like, I've been there. I've been there many of times. And I wouldn't have, like, grown or learned or even tried as many things as I wanted to if I didn't. Like, I would just be kind of, like, coasting and what I kind of defined as like safety like working a nine to five just like doing the regular things even though like deep down you may feel those desires and have things screaming at you that you want to try but it's like the actual act of like stepping outside of this like comfort zone and following the rules and the steps that have been outlined from like people in front of us or everyone in society basically but now there is like more of a push to make a ton of money online and like it's very consuming especially now in our day and age like obviously everyone's on social media everyone's on social media like you're if you're not a power to you because that's amazing um, yeah but everyone's either on tiktok on instagram and and now it's younger like i can't even imagine being in my early 20s and having the pressure then that i do did like from my late 20s to now like i just can't even i would be in a worse space now than i was than i am but um just the pressure to be like everyone else and it's like well why work a regular job when you can be doing all these side hustles and be making like five thousand dollars a month and ten thousand dollars a month and then you see the people that are like just struggling to get by and pay for their groceries and all this kind of stuff and it's just like you can get so like consumed and stuck into with social media i mean i just think it's so it's a really tough thing because Mm -hmm. i think in one side, it's really great for people to be able to see possibilities. Mm, You know, the one thing that I didn't feel like I had, like, you know, I was thinking about why didn't I write books earlier, you know, and, and not a self-flagellation way, but just kind of like, why, you know, why didn't I think that was possible? And it's like, because there wasn't social media and I didn't know like real people wrote books. Like I just, it was not a, you know, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I thought all these books that I was reading were written by people. It just didn't make sense to me that it was like actual people like me who could just sit down and write, you know, to me, I was like, this is something so impossible to me. And it was only through social media that I think I started to see, oh, it's literally just people deciding to write, you Mm. know? And of course there's courses and classes and there's things, but like at the end of the day, the only way you're going to write a book is like, if you just sit down and write it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just like, didn't see that. So in one way, I'm very excited that social media has shown people how many possibilities there are because people do show their life. On the other hand, that can be like a double-edged sword. It's kind of tough because then people don't always take it as inspiration. And we also don't always know the whole story. You know, we, we see someone who's living that high flying life and it's like, okay, are you in like crazy credit card debt or is Mm -hmm. someone funding this? Like we're not at the place yet where everyone is transparent about Mm -hmm. how they have this lifestyle that they're, you know, putting out there or how, did they start that business or, you know, how did they 
how did they be able, how were they able to like write full time before they're, they got a book deal or even after they got a book deal and all of that. It's just like very hard to know those details, which I think right. is where it contributes to people feeling like, well, why can't I do that? Or why isn't that working for me? Or why do, am I not making $5,000 or $10,000 a month with my side hustle? You know, mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of people selling things like, you know, I don't love that people sell things like, you can have a million dollar course um, without a s email list, without social media. I'm like, literally, how? Like, how, there's not. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna? Who's who are you selling it to? <laughs> you know, it's just some things. I'm like, you're defying logic. You know, that's literally like saying like you can have a business, you can have a million dollar business without customers. No, you can't. <laughs> like, or you know, or you can have a course without any knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's like, no. So some things I'm just like, okay, social media is so unregulated, you mm -hmm. know, which I think is kind of the issue. And yeah. in some ways that's great because, you know, we're not getting information through gatekeepers, but in other ways it's very, um, you have to be a discerning person on social mm -hmm. media and you have to know your own mind. You also have to be kind of more self-aware. You have to have mm -hmm. boundaries. I mean, I have to do all of that. Like mm -hmm. I cannot just give myself total access to the internet because mm -hmm. it will get me so off my game. It'll mm -hmm. make me question myself. It'll make me really sit there and go, wow. I mean, why is that? How come I can't get my life together? Like that person has their life together. And meanwhile, I don't even know who that person is. I don't know, I know what their life is, yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, I, I'm the type of person where, and I think you're the same, like I value authenticity and I value honesty and I try as hard as possible to be transparent, to be honest, to be authentic, to be real. And it sometimes surprises me that like a lot of people don't, Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, and Hey, I, I'm, I'm not here to, although that does sound like a judgment, but it's like, I, a lot of people don't mm -hmm. like they would rather they'll, they'll, you know, they'll make a whole story. Mm -hmm. They'll create the narrative and live in it. And I'm just, it's not my thing, you mm -hmm. know? And so it is hard to find something real on yeah. social media. And I think that's the hard part because it's also easy enough to sort of um, what is it? Like, it, it's easy enough to pretend realness and mm -hmm. to perform it. Like there's a lot of performative authenticity, which yeah. then really gets in my head. That's when mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Okay. Like I fell for it, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't ever know the real story unless someone's giving you true details. And, I think that's why it comes in to be discerning because you're never going to know the full story. Mm -hmm. um, and so you can take it as like inspiration. But then, you know, for me, if someone is making me like envious, mm -hmm. I'm just like, it's an automatic mute or mm -hmm. an unfollow, you know, because I'm just like, yeah. this is not the energy that I need. Like, why do I mm -hmm. need to? This isn't motivating me. This isn't making me feel good. I have complete choice over what I do. And that'll go in and out. But like, I just think with social media, we have maybe underestimated its effect on us, you mm -hmm. know, and we think like something that has always been very interesting to me and something that I tell myself is like, I'm very humbled by how porous my, my, my brain is even as strong of a sense of self as I can have. It's still, I could go online and be like questioning myself within 20 minutes. Yeah. And I have to go back and I'm like, what did I just read? What did I just see that just made me feel bad about myself, mm -hmm. you know, or made me feel anxiety because I don't have that thing that I'm supposed to have now. Mm -hmm. Also, the way that social media circles and cycles through trends now, mm -hmm. I'm like, you can't, like, you're always going to feel behind yeah. if you try to keep up on that, you know, and it's, it's very consumerist. You know, I try to mitigate how much I consume and how much I get influenced. Um, you know, and sometimes I'm like, I'm not fun, but mm -hmm. 
but Mm -hmm. I'm also protecting myself from, you know, feeling like I'm not enough on a constant basis. Um, I can't really allow that into my life. And, you know, I think that's coming from age and wisdom and knowing that that does not actually motivate me, you Mm -hmm. know, like I'm not motivated by proving I'm enough to people. Like that is very empty to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can convince myself sometimes that that's motivating, but then ultimately I'm just like, no, it doesn't really serve me well to be like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish we all had that approach to everything. (laughs) I know I definitely struggle so much with, like I have a background of being an athlete. So from the age nine to 21, like, I was in a sport where you're constantly comparing yourself to times and you're always trying to be better than who you are yesterday or you're competing against someone else. So it's like the comparison was installed in me like from such a young age that by the time I started my business at 25, it was the same thing, but just a whole nother new atmosphere. So it was like always trying to chase numbers, trying to chase sales, trying to be like other brands, trying to get this many amount of followers, this many amount of likes, like trying to have like a lifestyle like this. And if like, if that founder is making that much money, then they get this kind of lifestyle. I want that too. And then seeing like friend groups and relationships and being like, well, why don't I have that either? Like, and then you, you fall into that trap. Well, like what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong that I can't also get that? And I can't be like that. And I can't receive that. And then what happened to me is just like, I lost myself. I lost any purpose that I had within my business to the reason I started it got lost during the end because it all just became like, so much stress like from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed it was like this isn't enjoyable anymore but the very act of like recognizing oh this is not what I'm supposed to be doing anymore was so much worse than coming to the realization like finishing it and everything and being like oh actually everything's gonna be fine like it was you really like lose your identity into something and that's very easy and I'm sure whatever you're doing it can be the same thing like I'm curious, when you're writing books, do you ever, like, I'm just, like, the process of bringing characters to life, like, I feel like you're living in the character. No? Yes or no? Like, what is that process like? Oh, definitely. I mean, I I feel all the ups and downs, for sure. And I think that's... It's it's actually when I started writing novels, I was like, oh, I finally understand why I observe people so okay. much. You know, like social media is great for observation. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do people do what they do? And what's, yeah. you know, um, and I think, yeah, I, I definitely get into that mindset. I feel like the next thing that I'm working on now, I can already feel myself Like, I feel like I've been going on a personal journey that's Mm -hmm. sort of like mirroring what that character is going to go on, but it's not me, you know, like, I think it's really important to, um, you know, write from a totally different perspective, but I also like to put in real emotion into the characters Mm -hmm. and make it really, Mm -hmm. you know, some fiction I think is like totally rooted in it, it is unrealistic because you mm-hmm. want to escape to something, you know, even yeah. not, you know, that, that includes like fantasy and sci-fi, yeah. but yeah. even not that. But yeah. for me, I like to write things that are really like realistic and true to life. And so, yeah, I mean, I go on the journey. Like I, mm-hmm. I definitely, there's no other way to write it without me at least having some sort of ability to relate or, um, you know, I feel like I'm writing the next character that I'm writing. She is going in like an opposite direction of my own like journey. I mean, it's not me, but it's very, it's like a path I could have taken as um, a person. So it's like very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I agree that you can get really lost in the measuring. I mean, I always thought that sometimes I think that sports is actually like the, the truest sense 
of measuring because mm-hmm. like you actually like, okay, like with swimming or running That's or something. I said, swimming. Right. Yeah. Like you yeah. can actually measure a time, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whereas everything else that we measure when it comes to like art and all of this, I'm like, this is really hard to measure because it's never cut and clear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to say that for some, like to say that like art is only as good as how many people, how, like how many records it sold or books it right. sold or whatever. It's like, mm, I don't really love that. You know, that doesn't yeah. necessarily, cause there's so many factors that go into how something is commercially viable. Right. And like some of the books that win like the huge awards, they're not even widely read. It's so it's mm-hmm. like so fascinating how we equate, like how we equate, like how good something is right. when it's like impossible mm-hmm. to equate that. And mm-hmm. I feel like we, we approach art almost like how athleticism is approached. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you literally can't, you can't measure a, a running time, you yeah. know? Um, and even that's kind of probably flawed because it makes you like compare yourself so much, but at least there's like a competitiveness baked into it. Like, I don't know how to be competitive in art. I'm like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to be like better than the person? Like, I don't, that to right, me doesn't yeah, sound very good. Fall into like, like for me, if I just say I were to like write a book, which that seems really hard. Um, it, is. it would be like how many books have sold because like, that's how my brain works. Like it's very like numbers driven. So it'd be like, okay, I saw this author sold X amount of books. I need to do the same thing. But then when I think about reading a book, it's going to touch so many, like, I feel like that's the thing with art. Like it touches so many different people in different ways. So it's like your book may save one person's life. And it's like, can that not be the measure of like the success? But we're, our whole world is constantly numbers driven that it seems like that's how things work win or get more seen or like get broadcast more and it's like if you're I don't I honestly have no idea but I just like see things but like if your book gets picked up by x publisher and it gets spread to all these bookstores and then you go on book tours and then it gets picked up to be in a movie I mean even it was all in here so I was like like that from the outside would be like how it would get measured like the success gets measured it's like if you see a million copies like they slap the sticker on it. It's like, okay, then you have to read it because it's like a million copies sold. So obviously it's amazing. But like there's billions of people in the world. Like that's only a small percentage. But when we see it, maybe from the outside, we're like, well, we're going to buy that for sure. Like it's all over TikTok. So let's broadcast that. (laughs) Like that's the way it works now. But yeah. And that is true. I mean, I feel like with art, there is a business part Mm-hmm. And this is something I've had to work on with like art right. where it's, there's a business aspect where, yeah. yes, I mean, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to commercialize your art in any way, like you want to get your music on the radio or get it on, yeah, exactly. I don't even know if that's the goal anymore, if it's Spotify and all that on now. Spotify or TikTok or get on the playlists yeah. or whatever, um, you know, or you want to get your book out there in bookstores and stuff like you, you're commercializing it, mm-hmm. but there's like a, to me, I have to look at things as like, there's a business and then there's a soul, like, mm-hmm. and they're not actually the same. And yeah. so, you know, having like this moment, having you tell me all the ways that this book like impacted you mm-hmm. to me, that is like a soul success, you yeah. know? And, but then there's like the business part where, you know, you have to deal with the reality of, I mean, I was in a book, my local bookstore um, from where I grew up. She told me, um, cause they didn't have my book in and she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't get it in, you know? Um, cause she goes, you know, there's 70, 72,000 new books every Tuesday that I have to choose from. And I was like, I literally wanted to just like go and crawl into what? a corner. 72,000 new books come out every Tuesday. I had no idea. And that's like traditionally published books. books. Me either. That's tradition. That's not even including like independent, Independent like all of that. I mean, so it is, you kind of have to almost, 
you know, just humble yourself in the face mm-hmm. of that because there is not a, enough space, you know, cause then you're not even just competing for the attention of books. You're competing against people who they listen to podcasts, they watch shows, they watch mm-hmm. TV, they watch movies. They, you yeah. know, there's like, it's all the same how right. you spend your like free time, exactly. you know, and your disposable income and all of this. Yeah. So it's like, that almost that was really actually wonderful to hear. I mean, it makes me a little sick, but it also is like, I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot, you know. That's, that's a the, lot. Yeah. That's the commercial reality of things, and mm-hmm. I think that's pretty shocking to have that many books come out because I'm like, who's reading all of these? We we, we might need to consolidate at <laughs> some point. <laughs> but like, and like, how do you choose? No, and I know. Thing, right? I guess they probably have like recommended top five or whatever. Like what no, books can carry 72,000 <clears> books in general? <laughs> well, something that I think a lot of people don't realize is like there's actual people's jobs at publishers to sell the books to the bookstores. Yeah, like, like sales that's reps. Their, yeah, like of, they're yeah. sales reps, you know? I mean, like, yeah. and they have to create like an enticing package and right. wine and dine them and sort of woo them and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, this sense. is a yeah. whole, I mean, yeah, it makes sense when you know it, you know, it's yeah. like, and it's not just a given that yeah. it would just be anywhere, you know? And so it's just very fascinating because you really can't control how things go. I mean, you know, you've had your business, like- mm-hmm. And I really do think that I'm recognizing that the worst thing you can do is really just try to use, you know, if it didn't get these many sales or you didn't live up to what someone else is doing, like you just can't know. I mean, I know, I mean, speaking of online businesses, I've heard of plenty of people who will go on and on and on about their seven figure business. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're spending seven figures. Oh yeah. That's what people don't realize. It took me a while to recognize like to hit a million dollars in sales. I would have to spend probably like 500 to close to 700K with like marketing, creating even the like everything that goes into it. And it's like once you peel that away, who can honestly, not everyone can do that. I mean, we can compare from category to category, product to product. But when you're looking in like the industry that I was in with clothing, it's just like you need a lot of cash flow to make that happen. And a lot of working parts. And I was one human doing this the whole time. And I was expecting myself to be at the same level as other brands that had like 10 to 20 plus people on their team. But I was like, well, I can still make it happen because I'm just in that delusional, as we call it, the Delulu now. (laughs) That's the trend. Well, we got to be, I mean, the Delulu is good in some cases, but sometimes it's like, it's delusional. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We got to like... We got to know a limit here because I agree. I mean, I think I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have a, a, a hint of the Delulu. But I also am like, sometimes you got to come back down to earth for a second and go, mm-hmm. actually, I need to look at the reality of how people are scaling these things, mm-hmm. how this is all working. You know, I mean, I've had to look at the reality that like plenty of people who have seemingly come out of nowhere in the arts, like it's right. probably because they have put significant money into PR people Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things. And, and there are, of course, you know, we love the exceptions like, okay, so there's this one person that makes a million dollars a year selling clothes and they're just doing it by themselves. Oh, why Mm -hmm. can't I be this one person? But we're ignoring Mm -hmm. like the thousands of others where that is not how it goes. Or, you know, the one person who it's like, they just put out their thing and it it was an immediate success and they just rode off into the sunset and they're perfect (laughs) and everything just happened for them. And you're like, all right. But even them, even them, probably if you talk to them in depth, there's like something. There's something else that happened that isn't business related. Yeah. Right. I've seen that. Yeah. Or there's like a, there's a history of work Mm -hmm. that, you know, it might not be, they wrote 15 books before they got big, but they also might've been doing something else. You know, it's just, there's just so much that's just unaccounted for. And that I think is going back to the social media. That's where it's hard because it feels Mm -hmm. like a lot of that gets really flattened Mm -hmm. and 
it's because it is tough. It is tough to express the whole story, especially if you're a business, you're not going to just constantly be like hand wringing and uh, this isn't working. This isn't mm-hmm. working. Um, you want to like establish a brand and everything, but it's tricky. It's really tricky. That's why at the end of the day, I'm just like, I'm staying in my own lane, doing my own timing, doing my own thing, letting go of, you know, control Mm-hmm. And doing what I can, doing my best, and then releasing the reins because it's it's nonsensical. You know, when I look mm-hmm. at especially art, I mean, there are some people like what I was saying. I mean, there are some people, it's like with books, some people, their first book takes off like a rocket. Some mm-hmm. people, like it's their 15th book that takes mm-hmm. off like a rocket. There's no accounting for it. Like there's nothing you can do except just keep going. You know, there's Mm -hmm. been so many times where I look at somebody and I'm like, Whoa, where did they come from? Oh my God. Like the biggest book right now is fourth wing. Have you heard of that book? Yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list, but it's really good. I mean, it's fun, right? Yeah. But she's written a bunch of books. Like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. Like they're not fantasy at all. Like 15 or so books. And I'm like, this is her first like big experience with, and I'm not saying her books weren't successful before. It's just, she wasn't like a name, yeah, I you know, heard her before this me, book, obviously. me either, yeah. Yeah. me either. And so I was like, you know, you think someone just comes out of nowhere right. or like, even like, you know, Colleen Hoover. It's like, yeah, it took, she, it took years for them to get picked up because right. Like right. some of her books have been out for a long time and then all of a sudden TikTok just caught on and then everyone's read reading all these books from like 10 years ago. And it's like, but she's been sitting there for 10 years writing books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, this is something that I have to really, because, you know, of yeah. course you always compare to the one person like, you know, oh, Casey McQuiston, red, white, and world blue just like took off. Well, I right. want to be like Casey McQuiston yeah. or something. And it's like, yeah. well, that's that's Casey McQuiston and their path, but like exactly my path could be different or it could be mm-hmm. this. And it's just something very important for me to even amidst all of this, putting boundaries, being clear, all of this, it's like at the end of the day, I just have to surrender to like, my timing mm-hmm. is going to be what it is. Yeah. Um, I have to follow my own heart, my own soul, what mm-hmm. it's telling me to do. And cause that's the only way I can be sane. Otherwise, right you're all you're you're just gonna bounce from one envy to another and one comparison Mm -hmm. and one you know i I need to have this many followers but then i also need this many book sales but then i need this but then i need this and it's like literally you're gonna go crazy yeah (laughs) and i think this is exactly how because at the beginning when i asked you how you're feeling and you said at peace this is the way that you get in your peace it's staying in your own lane and then also like being your true self Yeah. That's all you can do. I mean, it's like, I've tried, I've tried it many ways. I've Mm -hmm. tried the no expectations. I've tried the crazy amount of expectations. I've tried all the things. And I, at the end of the day, just crave peace more than anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just, I can't make it mean anything. Like I just get back to work and keep going. And mm-hmm. you never know when it's going to be your time. And you don't even know if you're in the time that you think, right. you know, right. like you don't know if you're in the moment even yeah. because mm-hmm. it's so hard. Cause you're just living in your, it just feels normal to you or things are so gradual yeah. or, right. you know, I'm like, I've had moments where I'm just like, I am in a position that I never imagined I could get to. Like my younger self would be like, mm-hmm. Whoa, she's made it. And I'm sitting here, you know, I have those moments where I'm like, but why didn't get this? And I'm not this and I'm not this. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe let's uh, like the peace comes from, and it's all cliches for a reason. Like the peace Mm -hmm. comes from the journey. It comes from the gratitude. It comes from letting the timing be what it is. Um, And it's all cliches and obvious for a reason. And it's all so simple, but yet very mm-hmm. hard to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's seems very simple, hard to but practice. It's actually super hard. Right. Uh, it's like, like, yeah, gratitude. You... It's yeah. like, okay, well, tell me how often you spent in gratitude today mm-hmm. other than, oh, I should be here and why am I not here? And this mm-hmm. like 
putting myself down and being hard on myself and thinking that being hard on myself is going to lead me to where I need to go. And I can't possibly be grateful because I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I think you're going to land where you're meant to be in Mm -hmm. the, on the force of the just being here now. Um, at least for me, you know, cause I've done the, I've been in it, you know, in the, in that it should be this way. And why didn't it happen this way? And never more unhappy, never mm-hmm. less at peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like never experienced less peace in my life than mm-hmm. when I'm sitting there going, no, it should have happened this way. And why is it happening yeah. for that person and not myself? Not it's me, like, yeah. okay, hang on for that mm-hmm. wild ride. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's awesome. Also, I wanted to note that um, super exciting that Radically Content is getting turned into a movie. Yeah. Like what, what, how did that happen? Um, That kind of came through in a pretty random way. Um, And yeah, I mean, very hard to say where it's going to go because yeah. you never know. Yeah, you never it's know. It's just, especially, yeah, <laughs> especially. And, you know, so it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, happened through a DM. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, now that the writer's strike is over, we're going to mm-hmm. resume and awesome. we'll see where it goes. You know, it's just, uh, you take that one day by day because you never yeah. know never what's going to happen and um, what kind of magic can happen because you're, I mean, that's a perfect example of like, you're just not in control. So you'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Hollywood is extremely unpredictable. Yeah. Um, the only way to be sane is just like, okay, I surrender. It's out of my hands. Yeah, yep. It's out of my hands. We'll see like what happens. Higher power takeover. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just like, Somebody else take the wheel of this because it can't yeah. be me. Um, yeah. yeah, it is exciting. It is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I really hope this gets into a movie because oh, when I was reading it, I was like, how can it not be a movie? It's perfect. I agree. I mean, when I was writing it, I was just like, these scenes are so like, vivid. Yeah, it's so vivid. Yeah. Like, you're just like so into it. And it's like, some books you aren't, but this book was just, oh, it was so good. I'm just going to like keep screaming it until everyone reads it because I just feel like, especially women, like I feel like everybody can take something away from it that they can then relate to themselves or just something that they've gone through or something that they want to approach. It just like, it was amazing. So I just well, want thank to thank you. That. Yeah. I mean, it was really fun to write. It definitely, yeah. and I writing love it. I love hearing that, that like the best part for you was bringing it to life. Like that's so cool to me to hear. Yeah. yeah it's true. Cause I mean, I started it September, 2020. We were in, in LA, we were locked down. There yeah. was like literally nowhere I could go. So I was like, I'm going to write my, my, I'm going to write about the French Riviera and like pretend that I'm there with Poppy and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a villa and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh, this will make me happy. And it did. Like, that was really a good escape for me. Um, you know, I know that that was a time where people were like, I don't want to be productive. But for me, Mm -hmm. that was very important for me to have something to work on. And, um, Mm -hmm. It was it was a really enjoyable experience. It really flowed. So yeah, I well, appreciate you, you saying like, all that. Yeah, you it can definitely feel that through the book. So I think that's pretty great. Yeah. Well, before we go, I do have some rapid fire questions. I have five okay. questions that I ask everyone the same questions. Um, so yeah. Okay. The first question is, what is something that you do that makes you feel good? My daily walks. Mm-hmm. It never ceases to put me back on track in my head. Are you at like a morning walk or just like whenever you can do it? Afternoon. And okay. In that, that afternoon slump, that's my best time. Um, nice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, awesome. What is something you value? I really value being a perpetual learner and mm. just always like never saying I know everything and just mm-hmm. always being open and curious that it, I think is a really, really 
big value of mine and Mm -hmm. um, something that I think keeps me really alive to my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. What is something you want to let go of? Mm. I think right now what I'm letting go of the most is um, I've been doing a lot of work on my ego and Mm. just like in general, thinking through why I need certain things and why I have, you know, doubt or comparison or envy. And so I'm really looking forward to letting go of um, just the grip that those expectations Mm -hmm. have on me. Yeah. Mm, Love that. What is something you're working on? Can you give us a hint? Hint. You already kind of hinted at another book, but <laughs> it's another book. There's another and there's book. multiple things I'm working on, but yeah, that is definitely it's in the works. Can't wait. <laughs> and your last one is: How do you want to be remembered? Oh gosh, that's a good I know, question. It's a tricky one. I think I want to be remembered as someone who was like really understanding. Mm-hmm. It's a core value of mine to be understanding for of myself and of other mm-hmm. people and withhold judgment and really be that person that people feel like, wow, no one, not everybody understands where I'm coming from, but you do. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people come from, a lot of people suffer feeling misunderstood and alone. Yeah. And so I think that's always been a value of mine to really get Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, I love that. That's kind of the same for me. I just feel like we're all supposed to be here at the same times to connect in some way. And we wouldn't all be living on the same planet if we weren't here to connect and relate somehow. So I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Before we say goodbye, where can everyone find you? plug everything in here. <laughs> I mean, the the best place to find me is on Instagram at Jamie yeah. Varen. I also have a sub stack called yeah. Plot Twist. Um, and I have my website, jamievarin.com. It's going to house everything um, that I'm working on. So yeah, I mean, send me a message, shoot me a DM. Uh, yeah. Don't email me. I'm not going <laughs> to email. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. And then Do not course, email I'll- me. I'll I'll message you back, like if you DM me on Instagram. But email, I don't know. I got a thing with email. It's not it's not good for me. I take a long time to respond. Yeah, emails. Unless you're like in it, in it, you got to be like. I'm one of those people that are like, if I don't respond straight away, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I'm it's a commitment. Off. Sometimes a commitment. I don't know why like Instagram is just like. It's just some way like the notifications. It's and everything. more informal. Yeah. 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 The thing with email is very formal. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Anyway, thank you so much for joining. I had so much fun talking to you and I'm such a fan and I love everything you do. So I'm super excited to see what's next. And yeah, I hope we can stay connected. We definitely can. Thanks, Allie, for having me. You're welcome. Well, there you have it. I hope you loved today's episode with Jamie and you got inspired, maybe learned something. And overall, you just had fun listening to the conversation. It really was just like a really fun conversation to listen back to. So I hope that you also get that in return. And as always, I'm going to plug it in here. If you love this episode and you're enjoying the podcast so far, I would so appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review. It helps so much. And I can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week.